Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. St. John Henry Newman, Apostle to the Doubtful, by Mariel Trevor and Leonie Caldicott, the early years continued. The Development of Christian Doctrine In writing an essay on the development of Christian doctrine, Newman concluded that although there had been some corruptions in practice and devotional exaggerations, the changes in doctrine had been the result of collective meditation on the original revelation of God in Christ, and that the Church in all ages had been guided into all truth by the Spirit, as Christ had promised. Newman was looking for the signs or characteristics which legitimate development in church teaching should display, and which theologians had, for the past 18 centuries, implicitly accepted as criteria. These signs show that an idea is founded on something real. An emphasis on the real is characteristic of Newman's thought throughout his life which is both revealed by God and understood more deeply by men as the centuries unfold. The development, then, of an idea is not like an investigation worked out on paper, in which each successive advance is a pure evolution from a foregoing, but is carried on through and by means of communities of men and their leaders and guides, and it employs their minds as its instruments and depends upon them while it uses them. This applies in the first place to the revealed truth of Scripture. Developments in doctrine after the completion of the Bible, that is to say throughout church history, should display certain characteristics as a test to discriminate between them and corruptions. Newman uses corruption in a sense analogous to human biology, where a malfunction of the body leads to its eventual death. The characteristics of authentic doctrinal development, Newman lists seven, are analogous to those of a well-functioning body. The church is such a body, the body of Christ on earth. So he wrote himself into conviction at last and was received into Catholic communion on October 9, 1845. It is perhaps significant that the man who performed this favor for one of the leading lights of Oxford University and who later described Newman as one of the most humble and lovable men he had ever met, was a priest whose principal mission was to the poor in the industrial Midlands. For it was to be in this context that Blessed Dominic Barbary's most famous convert would serve the Roman Catholic Church for the last 45 years of his life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
angels of God are guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's think for a moment about a living plant, or a cat, or a child. In order for a favorite rose bush to remain itself, does it have to grow? Does it have to change? Does it have to develop? Well, yes. If that rose bush does not grow from its tiny state, it will eventually die. Think about a little cat. In order for the cat to remain itself, it's got to change, it's got to grow. In other words, living things to keep their identity, to stay who they are, and to become what they're meant to be requires change. Or a little child. A little child becomes a man. Is that young boy the same person as the man? Well, in one way, you, we have to say yes. <laughs> I mean, and the mother of that boy is the one who above all else will say, yes, that's my son. I gave birth to him. He's still my son now that he's grown. I still look at him as my child. In one way, it's the same person. But in order to stay that person, to be himself, he's got to grow. If the child did not grow, he would not remain himself. He wouldn't become who he's meant to be. Living things, Newman realized, have this growth within them. And it's precisely in growing and changing and developing that they keep their identity. Sometimes we think, no, to keep identity, to be oneself, no change, never change, stay with the, exactly the way it is. And in some cases, that's good. But with living things, it's not possible. Living things grow, and by growing, they stay themselves. Okay, what does all this have to do with the church? Well, when our Lord founded the church with the Blessed Mother, the apostles, the women who were so faithful, when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, did they have monstrances? Did they have Latin in their mass? It seems not. There's no evidence. Did they, when they first began to preach the gospel, did the Pope, the first Pope Peter, did he wear white? Did they have rosaries? Did they have novenas to the Holy Spirit? Well, they had the first novena, that's true. But did they have novenas to saints? Did they have Eucharistic processions? 
Did they even have a Bible, a New Testament? Well, no. And did the bishops all carry certain kinds of staffs? Did they wear certain kinds of hats? It seems not. Well, are all of these changes in practice, are they corruptions or are they authentic signs of growth over the centuries? And what about the new teachings on Mary? What about teachings on the sacraments? What about teachings on the Pope? What about teachings on the Trinity? We won't find in the Bible the word Trinity. We won't find in the Bible the word Bible. <laughs> we won't find in the Bible purgatory. We won't find in the Bible the word consubstantial. Were these developments, these changes, were they authentic? Were they true growths of the seed of divine truth, of divine revelation that Christ gave us? Or are they corruptions? And that's what Newman set himself to figure out. Because if he was going to become Catholic, then there were certain practices of the church at his time that he had to find out whether they were authentic developments from the original deposit that Christ gave us, or were they corruptions? And what Newman decided, without even finishing the book, Development of Christian Doctrine, he decided as he was getting close to finishing it, that no, there is one true fold of the Redeemer. And the same church which Christ founded on Peter the same church which emerged from the upper room on Pentecost like a newborn babe bursting forth and proclaiming Christ to the world, that same church, the one true fold of the Redeemer, had remained herself over the centuries, even though she developed certain things that you wouldn't obviously find in the first century. And Newman traces how these developments are authentic developments and not corruptions. These are growths from the original seed, the original plant, the original body. And these growths help the church, the body of Christ, the living body of Christ, to remain herself, just as the growths in a human body allow the small child to become a boy and a man, to do all kinds of things it hadn't done before while remaining himself. And so the church grows and develops over time while remaining herself. And so we ask St. John Henry Newman to pray for us tonight. That we who live in the church in our time will always be faithful to what Christ originally revealed to us. Our job is to be faithful to what he gave us. Our job is to test everything to make sure that what's coming before us is an authentic development of what Christ gave us. Our Lord promised the Holy Spirit to the church to guide her into all truth. And we who are part of the church must love the church. We must embrace her. We must study her history. And if we truly study the history of the church, Newman says, we will cease to be Protestants.
Newman says, to be deep in history is to cease to be Protestant because to be deep in history is to realize that there is one true fold the Redeemer that has passed through all the centuries down to our own. And this one true fold is protected by God. It's a divine institution. And no matter how difficult things may seem, no matter how bad the weather is, no matter how little rain seems to be falling, this living plant of the church, this living body, she will last to the end of the world. But this church is not man-made. It's God-made. And he will protect it. He will guard it. And he will allow whatever happens for his greater glory and the salvation of souls. Our job is to be faithful. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.